look how many new people we've had in the last mm -hmm. six months. And look how many of those people have said, I came to this church and I don't know what is going on inside this church, but I, I can feel something here, mm -hmm. right? And like they can come to a church for the first time and feel the presence of God mm -hmm. in the church. Yeah. Ultimately, that is the only thing that's really beneficial of what we do inside these walls Yeah, is host God's presence. Right. Because that's what draws people and that's what changes people. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I'm, I'm sold out that we could, I don't care what we do in here in terms of a service, mm -hmm. as long as the presence of God shows up, mm. because that's what we need. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about revival, and it's really a tree that you want to bark up. So uh, why don't you come and join us for a discussion about uh, what revival is, what it isn't, and uh, what are some strange things that you might encounter along the way? So we're talking about revival today, and I guess a good place to start is why. Why? Why are we having this discussion? So hmm. that's a good question. I think if you talk to churches all over the world, I think that most people would say that revival is something that people are praying for, wanting, desiring. Um, you know, we want to see revival in our churches. And I think uh, a beginning question to that is so that's why I think we should talk about is that this would be a topic that people um, have talked about are praying for or desiring. And so with that, I think it's, you know, what is revival would be an important part to talk about as well. But um, I think the why is that it's important for us to consider um, transformation in our churches, in our communities, in our own lives. So that's my why. Do you have a, a why? I don't know. Like you hear that an awful lot, right? That mm -hmm. people want revival in their church. I don't think half the people even know what they mean by that when they say mm -hmm. that. Like, I'm not sure I know what revival is, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. It sounds great. But like I'm sitting here trying to figure out what my own definition of revival would be. And I, I don't know. Like I know maybe some of the characteristics of revival. Mm -hmm. Like I, I come to church each Sunday with a desperate wanting for the presence of God, to experience the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my definition of revival is kind of that times a hundred, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's so powerful that people get changed miraculously mm -hmm. and they, and it spills out from the church and it goes elsewhere. But mm -hmm. I, I'm not quite sure exactly like not having been at a church that's like traditionally had a like revival revival. Like, what is what does that look like? I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't I start? I'm going to define it as the dictionary defines revival, and we'll see we'll see if we can pick up from this. So, a dictionary defines revival as an improvement in the condition or strength of something. So, it's an improvement in the condition of um, an instance of something becoming active or important again, something that once was that's becoming important again. Um, or here is more of a church setting. It says a reawakening of religious fervor, especially by means of a series of evangelistic meetings. Mm -hmm. um, 
a restoration to bodily or mental vigor to life or consciousness. So it's it seems to be so if if I was to define it, I've always thought of it this way. If the early church was was alive somewhere along the lines the early church and the practices of and the way they did church and and how they ministered the gospel to me the flame that was lit in the early church kind of went out or almost out for a period of time and so to me to revive would be to bring to life again flame again Mm -hmm. look like the early church um and so to me, I guess reviving means something has, you know, died and we're looking for it to be like brought to life mm-hmm. again, a resurrection of sorts, a reviving of sorts. Um, so, I mean, that's what I, 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 I don't, I have never experienced revival either. I mean, I don't think maybe, maybe, maybe I'm it, in one. <laughs> but maybe a personal but. sense. I think like we can talk about personal sense of like a, an awakening in our own personal lives, but I'm curious if we're defining a more corporate experience of a revival. That's what I think we're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. Like a corporate sense of revival. Yeah. 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 And so, th- I mean, throughout history, the, the de- definition of these revivals, and so, you know, we could pick one that maybe the Welsh, the Welsh revival where Evan Roberts... Um, I think it was 1904. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. Um, you know, he started preaching the gospel and they were seeing a dramatic result in terms of souls saved. Mm-hmm. You know, Wales is a small, small country. And at the time there was like, you know, between one and 200,000 people that came to know Jesus in like a six month period. I mean, it was a, it was a great majority of the people in most towns were affected. And so you had this Again, souls saved, but not just souls saved the way we might expect. It was like supernatural, mm-hmm. right? There was something supernatural about the Welsh revival and, and most revivals that. Um, so it's also that. I think there has to be a supernatural man didn't do this kind of. And I, I always find curious about the Welsh revival, particularly. The hymn that came out of it is "Here is love, vast as the ocean," and it was a real encounter of love. There was a, there was part of that revival that included the salvation wasn't just a hellfire and brimstone message. It was an encounter with God that brought about change, which we've talked about on the podcast before. When you encounter the love of God on that that level, that experience is transformational. So. In my experience um, with communal, like a, a community group, like a church experiencing what is the closest to revival that I've encountered, it is that there's an encounter that transforms. Mm. And yeah, uh, a group of people that are experiencing similar transformation in how it how it's walked out. Like it's not just a, a gathering for feeling and great worship and just so much fun to be in the presence of the Lord, it's compelled to live differently, to love differently, Mm -hmm. to impact our families and communities differently. And so in my experience, it's, it's just you too, you start seeing people and hearing people's stories and everybody's sharing this zeal, um, for the time at the time. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah. So, Greg, if I was to say to you, hey, we're going to a revival meeting tonight, <laughs> what would you... What I, would you just, I would just... I would be like, Are no. we back in the 1950s? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not going with you. <laughs> what, would you what would you be hoping to experience there? <laughs> okay, well, let me, let me answer that a different way. Okay. So, okay, we... I don't know whether we should talk about this, but sure. you and I just got back from California. Yes. Yeah. And there's a revival going on in Northern California. There is. And we were there. Now, we were there for a conference. Yeah. Right? So we went for the conference. I I, I have never experienced anything like that in my entire life. Right. Now, part of that is just like... Because you went with me. <laughs> 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 I that's too much anything like that in my entire life. Alone with me for three days. <laughs> I have a lot of stories that be going on my personal podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just being in that environment, mm. I got changed just from being there. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the even the 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 topic of the conference was irrelevant. Right. Being in that environment, mm-hmm. I was only there for three days. We were there for three days. Right. I came back. I was incredibly changed. Mm-hmm. And I can, I've can. i been desperately trying to hold on to that feeling of the presence of God for the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, right? But to me, that's, that's kind of the hallmark of revival mm. is you don't have to go and drum it up. Like you mm-hmm. just go there and the presence of God is so powerful there that you get changed just being in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And I came back and I was like, like I have an incredible, I, I came back with just, I was I was having trouble just putting into words the vast holiness of God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like that, the conference had nothing to do with that. But being in the presence there mm-hmm. was like, oh my goodness, like I am different coming mm-hmm. back from this thing. I can't imagine living there. Right. Mm-hmm. Or being there for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. But it was it was life changing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why do we can we get that here? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that work? Right. Mm-hmm. Is it just this is the part I struggle with about revival is mm-hmm. like, well, there's revival there or there was revival in Toronto, mm-hmm. in Canada, back in um, in the mid 90s. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why is it in these specific places? But it doesn't seem to break out everywhere. Mm-hmm. But people who go there come back mm-hmm. and they're changed and then stuff changes in their church, too. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. Is there something people are doing in those areas to foster that revival? Or does God just decide we're going to have revival and it's going to be here? Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's. It's remarkable that you would go to a place for a conference on something and receive something totally different. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's as soon as they played the first worship song, it was clear that we were almost in a it was like a different planet. <laughs> it, it was worship like you've never um you've never experienced it before because and i think part of that is 2500 people right all coming with it and i didn't really go with a sense of expectation of something yeah. particular we were yeah. talking about that and we're like we're just showing up and seeing what the lord and i think the lord does bless that kind of curiosity mm-hmm. with with um transformational moments i think god really in revival curiosity is i think wonder 
um, and openness. Mm -hmm. I think all of that is really necessary to have these experiences because you could go to that. There's probably people that went to the conference. I I don't know if there were, but that received nothing, got Mm -hmm. nothing, heard nothing and were very closed. Right. So I think that is part of it. Um, I just think it's super curious. I was at the same church in 2008 or seven and on the way to a retreat and it was just a Sunday morning service and I was standing beside my sister and worship started and we turned to one another tears just instantly streaming down our faces and I was like what is going on mm-hmm. and she's like I don't know what is going on this feels like the church of our our teenage years and we're just like all of a sudden like there was a deep resonance of being back in something we didn't know we had come out of yeah. and it, it, like can't define it kind of moment <laughs> We're standing there. The worship is about to start on the very first session and the very first evening. And Joel looks over at me and he goes, pace yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's been there before, right? And he knows what it's like. And I was like, okay, no problem. Like the first song, right? I'm a mess in the very first <laughs> song, the very first session of the first night. I was like, holy cow. Like it is, it was really strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's but, in, yeah, but, but is that sorry? Come back to yeah. what you, you said before. Is that because revival is there, and then the people get changed when they go, or is it like you said, because there's twenty five hundred people there who are sold out worshiping God? Does mm-hmm. that create revival in that place? Like, it's a chicken and egg mm-hmm. question that I don't know what the answer is to. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting because as as. Actually, as Jen was talking, where she experienced a similar feeling, sense, emotion, resonance with what she experienced in her early years when she was there. I wonder if it's because obviously your experience in Powell River wasn't 2,500 people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. um, right? right. <laughs> okay, yeah, a little point. bit less than that. A little. Yeah. Just it, a little. It might have been 150, 200. <laughs> At the most. At the most. So, <clears throat> so to me... There's something about like dipping into the well almost of God's presence that leaves, has a similar feel whether you're with 5, 10, mm-hmm. 15, 200, or 2,500 people. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Like, is it just 2,500? But now hearing Jen's experience where she's going, I was stirred up with memories of a similar experience mm-hmm. I had with a lot less people. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's sort of, so is it that, I mean, I really think like the presence of God is is what sparks revival. Mm-hmm. Like there is that, you know, um, it, it's remarkable. And I think the presence of God sparks a, a lot of things that come along with revival. I think there's, you know, increased uh, heart of worship, mm-hmm. uh, increased prayer, prayer um, an openness to the gifts of the spirit. Uh, you know, creative miracles, signs, wonder, all of that. I think there's joy. I think there's repentance. I think deep conviction. I think all these things follow, but I'd say the presence is what yeah. um, marks a place. Yeah. And yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, to me, it is, you could, like, you could, I don't know how to explain this, but it's like you could tangibly feel the presence of God in the place that we're in. Mm-hmm. And so, but I feel that here too, right? Like, I don't want to say it's just happening there right. because I feel that here on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I looked around this past Sunday morning, I could get over how many people were crying during worship. Mm-hmm. I was like, 
like you could really feel the presence of God in there. And mm -hmm. I felt it lots of times here mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So how I, I don't know, I feel like the question is how do, if we can manifest the, or the presence of God manifests here, how do we foster that, right? Mm -hmm. How do we encourage that? What do we do to, to be a place where revival breaks out? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it's, a, and, and is it something that, again, does God put his finger on a place and say, this is where revival is going to happen? Or does God respond to a hunger right. for it? Mm -hmm. And it's this partnership. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe this is a, like an old argument, I, but I think it's a good one because I, I do think I've, I've seen where communities are waiting for revival, but the way they seem to be going about it is, is, is just not, I don't know, not good or it's not not God maybe, or it's, and then I've seen where people can overly like, um, go after it mm -hmm. or whatever term you want to use for pursuing it. And, and there's emotionalism and there's mustering up and creating atmospheres that aren't really there. And so it's, I, I don't know. What do you think? Does God go like this regardless of what the people are doing? Or does God wait for a people that are crying out for it and go, you're hungry and they're blessed are those that are hungry and thirsty for righteousness and they will be filled. Like, is it that kind of response of the Lord or is it a both, neither, and? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that there's a, a cookie cutter concept. I mean, I was teaching out of Nehemiah a couple of weeks ago and the, in Nehemiah 8, the people under, they find the law and they're, they're teaching the scriptures to the people and there's such this move of God that takes place, this restoration of covenant connection with God. Mm. And it's, it's just intangible what happens. And so it's these people that are in the place of seeking and hearing and... God blesses it. And then there's times where, like my teenage years, my pastors went to Toronto and experienced what was going on in Toronto. And they come back and start having Sunday evening times of worship and, and that kind of thing. I don't know the exact, like, how it transpired, but I know that those evenings poured over into um, during the week and then the morning services started to be impacted. And I mean, there was a lot of chaos around it as far mm. as the songs chosen and the time and all of those things. But my early years of ministry were birthed out of that keen sense of God's calling and hearing God and willingness to follow wherever he's leading. Um, so mm. it, it's like, okay, well, we prepared the table, yeah, but also... We never lacked. There were musicians if we needed more musicians. There were teachers if we needed more teachers. There were people that led, um, whether whether it was inner healing classes or Bible studies or community groups. Or we had like a community group called Love in Action. And it was strictly based on like house building and fixing things for people in the community. Mm. So like all of these ideas were birthed out of this sense of this is what I can do. It wasn't just worship um and so then to go to to reading and have that 
refueled. And then some of the encounters that we've had even during the week of prayer here in January mm. to be back in that sense of, oh my gosh, this the resonance of this experience is carrying forward in my life. How do we do this? How do we how do we do this? Um Mm. Do we do this? Do we do we do this? Well, yeah, we do a little bit. Mm. We open the door. We pray. We follow the lead of God. Um, mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. Uh, in the book of Leviticus, there's an interesting. <laughs> that's a fun choice. I know this this <laughs> revival. I have yeah. no idea where we're going. Revival. <laughs> book of Leviticus. Leviticus. Okay. So, so um. God tells the priests to, you know, make an altar and put the sacrifice there. And um, God says, I'm going to light the fire. And God lights the fire in Leviticus. Again, I have no address for this. It just dropped into my mind. So I can't remember where it is, but you can find it. God lights the fire. But then he says to the priests, it's your responsibility to keep, keep it, it burning. burning. Yeah. So I... I guess there's like a both, mm -hmm. a both end to this where God is requiring and desiring. He doesn't, I, sorry, I shouldn't say require. That's the wrong word. He's desiring partnership. Mm -hmm. He doesn't require it. He doesn't need us. He could do it all without us. But A, he's a loving father. He loves partnership, both in everything, in prayer, in, you know, ministry, and he, he loves to be with people and see people, work with people. And so I think that revivals this holy partnership where, yes, we do cry out for it. If my people will humble themselves and, and pray, I will, I will heal their land. Mm -hmm. The healing was a response to the prayer, the humility, the repentance, the, you know, um, and then I, I do think there is this responsibility we have that, you know, once he lights it, we, we keep it burning. So I, I want to know, like, from you, like, this keep it burning aspect, what do you think of that? And then there's, can we put it out, too? Well, that's <laughs> that's where, kind of where I was thinking, right? Okay, Which is, yeah. if you flip that over, you say, well, okay, what what do we need to do in order to create revival? Well, what, what do we do that's hindering revival, mm. right, is the question. So in terms of keeping it burning, wh what do we do or what's inherent in our churches prevents revival from breaking out because I agree with you on the on the partnership side, mm -hmm. but I think God is always willing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's never like he's saying, eh, not right now. Mm -hmm. I think he's always willing for that. Mm -hmm. That is his desire for our planet is to be saved. Mm -hmm. So what is it on our side that keeps that from happening? Mm. I'm gonna answer that or I got a whole bunch I of got answers to that one. too, man. But <laughs> I don't know. What do you think is the top thing that keeps revival from breaking out? Oh man, I, I don't know. It's a toss up between fear and sin. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I, I think so. I think there's a million. Uh, like I don't know. I just think there's a lot because I think that the flesh is is strong and and powerful. I, I do think fear. So as a leader, I would say. I'll speak from a leadership. I, I think there's a lot of fear around revival and, and what it might bring, especially when people have heard about and encountered things like the Azusa Street Revival with a man who sat, a uh, one-eyed black man who sat with a box on his head, William Seymour, and he, 
he sat there and when he took the box off, he prophesied and then he'd put the box back on his head. And they said that there was like fire ascending and descending and the fire department would come to this building thinking he was on fire and people would be healed blocks away. They would be um, or, or, you know, fast forward to more today in the 90s, right? Uh, strange manifestations. <laughs> uh, I don't want people laughing in the service or falling or whatever. Right. So barking like a dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The famous barking like, a, you know, so it's that. Yeah. And I don't think that has to accompany, but I do think there's this, when I talk to, when I talk to pastors and they have an uneasiness about like revival, it it is around manifestations of the spirit mostly. They'd all take the, the, we want to see people healed. We want to see them saved. We want to see families transformed. We want all of that, but it has to be within this neat, tidy box. That would I, that's what I think. That okay, so that would be number one on my list too. Is I I think we control it. Mm. We try to control it. We want to control it. Maybe that's what it is. Mm. Revival is messy, mm. right? And that's the part we don't like about revival is that revival is messy mm. and it's kind of ugly. And there's a lot of stuff we don't understand about it. And there's a lot of stuff that makes us really uncomfortable. And you and I had this conversation, even being down in California, yeah. during these sessions in a conference. Mm. There's some odd manifestations that happen, right? With people when they get a little wound up in the spirit. Yeah. And I, I was like... Or wound up in the flesh. Well, that's the, that's my question. <laughs> but that's yeah. my question, right? Is is that real, what that person is doing, right? Like if they're, like, like say, they're they're twitching. They're mm-hmm. twitching away, right? And I'm like, is that is that really a manifestation of the spirit? Mm. Or is that just something that they do when they kind of get emotional mm. when God is around? Yeah. The question, the answer is, I don't know. Right. Because I don't know that person. I don't know whether there's any, you know, whether that's true or whether there's any fruit that comes out of their life by the way God is touching them that mm-hmm. way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know it would really bother some people, right? Right. But but this is what we want. We always want, we want revival, but we want it on our own terms. Mm. And God doesn't work that way. Mm. He's not interested in that. He says, you want revival? It's going to be on my terms. And I think if people are willing to go 100% with whatever God wants to do, those are the people he's looking for. Mm. But I think there's a lot of people in our churches, Mm. even in leadership in churches, Mm. that don't feel comfortable with that, right? Like, this is is our church, and I have to answer for what goes on here. And if people start barking like a dog, I I don't know how to answer that, Mm -hmm. right? And it's, right? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, and, and does it have to be, I guess, um, we'll let Jen answer this since she was, <laughs> she was knee deep in it, you know? No, um, I, I just think there, I think there is a, yeah, is it the spirit, right? And I think there's some healthy discernment there. I think there's also some maybe lessons learned about, like if you went back and asked John Arnott, you know, say Toronto, for instance, because that's well known in Canada uh, for its um, unique expression. Uh, and you asked him, is it was everything, you know, would you have done it the same or is everything? I'm not sure what his answer would be to that, right? I guess that'd be the, was it all in the spirit? And and what do you do when you see things that aren't in the spirit? And, you know, there is a protection of people that I think is pastoral and good. And But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. But I do think that fear of, maybe it's also the unknown. Like, I, I use this as an example, you know. 
for years here at Northside, it was like we had hour and 15 minute services. Like you don't go over hour and 15 services, like regardless of, and there was other things as well that we just didn't do. Like, don't do that. It was far cry from like a person twitching or laughing or whatever. Right. It was, it was, and there, there just ends up being this like more controlled comfort control, like that really does lead, I think churches. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think. What do you think holds people back from revival, Jen? I would agree. The fear and the control dynamic. I think because we we know more with social media, with media in general, we know more. We know what, more of what goes on um, in California. We know the sound bites of what went on and and takes place in these places and for each i just i heard somebody say um to the response of the uh toronto situation they they were asking well what about this and we were just in a one meeting room and there was one person that was manifesting x and there were a hundred plus people that were caught up in worship, praying together, mm. supporting one another, talking to one another. Mm. And the the person said, I would rather carry this, care about this, facilitate this, mm. and I'll deal with that. Um, and I know like growing up, there was fear around hearing God. Like we've talked about in previous podcasts about, you know, I'm not, I'm not a word of wisdom, word of knowledge person. And part of that exploring that is because my teenage years were a little wacky tacky. And so there was moments where I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to go down that route. And then looking back and seeing teachers that God has put in my life that hosted the manifestation of the spirit well that explained this is what's going on. This is these men are not drunk as you suppose. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think with revival, with these situations that are going on in church, there's going to be people that are equipped with wisdom and understanding mm. that can communicate the times of what's going on. Some of the safest meetings I've been in were when someone got up and gave a word, and the one person I'm thinking about he so seamlessly came up behind them and said, this is a prophetic word. This is what I mean by a prophetic word. Let's enact it. Let's participate in it. Um, and just having that short, simple teaching, yeah. um, but being able to almost run a commentary around it and be willing to address things that get out of control or maybe that's not the prophetic word for the time, but... Yeah, all that to say, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I think going down that same road is that I, I think sometimes when it gets a little messy in mm -hmm. a revival, people will leave your church, mm -hmm. right? People, yeah. people will leave. Like, are you, the question for pastors, I think sometimes is, would you be willing to have revival in your church if three quarters of the people were going to leave? Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of those pastors would say, mm, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think any way you slice it, if it gets messy at church, people are going to leave. People are going to leave. Messy for relational things, messy for money, messy for sin, messy yeah. for whatever. It's like, I, we, we don't keep you here. We provide right. a 
a pen that offers the food and the the growth opportunities that are needed for sheep. And but if I am ever the pastor that you have to stay here, that's just not the healthiest pastoral ministry. Well, and I don't think anybody starts out there. No, but it's that really, drive to oh, it's, you it's, gotta. It's hard, right? Like mm-hmm. it's because that's that's the temptation I think as a leader mm-hmm. as you get long like, further. But I I think it's if you have people in your church that are willing to say I will do, and I will accept whatever it is that God is going to do in our church. I think those are the people that God is looking for. Mm. I like God, I'm not going to put you in any kind of box whatsoever. Whatever you want to do here is where we will follow you. I, I don't think there's like, tons and tons of those people around is mm. the thing, right? And I think that's what, that's one of the things that hurts revival happening. No, I think that's good. I think that to both of those points, I think that moments and situations can be pastored better in a meeting. So it's not unsafe or ambiguous about what's happening. Now, if people still choose to leave after you've given them that explanation, then that's on them. I I would say, though, if you looked at our church and you said, hey, by the way, um, like this is what you're going to go through as a church. Like pick 14 months ago, right? Um, You know, December uh, 2021. And you said 2022, it's going to start like this. And you're going to you're going to have your lead pastor who's going to confess to, you know, this sin and they're going to leave and people are going to leave and you're going to be in the news and you're going to get sued and you're going to have all this stuff. You want that? Well, no, like you don't want that. But if you said, you know, but after that, there is going to be like a, a reestablishment of worship and the presence and um, like, oh, I'll take that, but I don't want the path. Right. But yet that is the path we had to take. Right Now, the Lord put us on that kind of path. And I think so many times it's like, oh, I want the result, deeper community, worship, people more engaged, all that stuff. But I don't want to lose people. I don't want to be in the news. I don't. And so, I, you know, not that that we're experiencing revival, but I'd say we've we have suffered as a community. Like we've gone through some some stuff. Right. Um, and and again, it was just the path that we had to take. So I think there's a, yeah, there's a sacrifice that the Lord calls on any, anyone that would kind of go after revival. But, um, so I, I don't know. I think, I think that for me, it's essential. Like, I, I think that we want to see, and I think it comes back to really the definition of revival is transformed people, transformed communities, transformed marriages. Um, we want to see our schools transformed. I think, that should be the result. It shouldn't be just in church, mm-hmm. just in moving of the spirit in meetings in on Sunday mornings or Sunday evenings or whatever. I think it needs to spill into the community. I think that's the ultimate goal is souls saved um, for the kingdom. Um, and and I find honestly people that are new to the um, new to the Christianity or unsaved are more open to the move of the spirit than those who have been Christians for a long time, mm-hmm. which is maybe a discussion for another time because we're probably almost. <laughs> well, the more time. you know, the more you know. <laughs> yeah. The more you've experienced, the more, uh, you know, I know what comes with that. <laughs> All of this. So, right. yeah, you, different fear creeps in. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. Once you've prayed for a few people and they haven't been healed, then you're like, oh, am I going to do it again? True. So all of these things, yeah, that we have 
factor into the discussion. But you're right, because when you look at new people, like, look how many new people we've had in the last mm -hmm. six months. And look how many of those people have said, I came to this church, and I don't know what is going on inside this church, but I, I can feel something here, mm -hmm. right? And like, they can come to a church for the first time and feel the presence of God mm -hmm. in the church. Yeah. Ultimately, that is the only thing that's really beneficial of what we do inside these walls. Yeah. Is host God's presence. Right. Because that's what draws people and that's what changes people. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I'm, I'm sold out that we could, I don't care what we do in here in terms of a service, mm -hmm. as long as the presence of God shows up, mm. because that's what we need. Amen. Amen. Presence focused. That's good. That's, uh, that's a marker for sure of, of revival. So, well, that's all we have time for today. So thanks for tuning in. Let us know what you thought. You have questions, comments, concerns. We'd love to hear them. And, uh, yeah, bless you. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>